We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Tuesday, January the 18th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet and on today's show as we sit now just one month away until opening day we begin our 2022 position unit preview series for yard cox baseball today guys we're breaking down the game cox starting pitchers heading into first pitch we'll talk key losses key returners most approved best overall season will be successful if and i'll give my overall grade for the game cox starting pitchers as well also guys of course it is game day sal kind of returns to action on the hardwood tonight in Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Guys, I'll break down the game in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk Arkansas. Also, of course, top storylines, Razorbacks players to watch for, keys the game, and I will lock in my prediction as well. As again, Frank Martin's squad looks to snap a two-game losing streak. Guys, all that much more here in a packed Tuesday show. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, for all your movie needs and the 2022 calendar year, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. to navigate through the cold of winter don't look now but relief is just around the corner as we sit now just one month away from opening day and before you know it the crack of the bat and the pop of the mitt will fill the air in Columbia South Carolina. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in 
And no matter what may be going on today in your life, in my life, you're back to work. Maybe you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you're back in class, whatever it might be. Folks, we get to talk baseball today. How fortunate are we that Yardcocks baseball is just around the corner and the boys of summer are just 31 days away from taking the field at Founders Park once again. Again, folks, we have got a packed show for you here on this Tuesday. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Of course, guys, the countdown to first pitch is officially on. We're going to get to all that much more. Also, how fitting on this Tuesday, by the way, that I share this news with you guys. I told you all, we are con constantly adding new TSUS athletes almost on a daily basis. I am very happy and proud to announce Gamecocks left-handed pitcher John Gilreath as our newest TSUS athlete. Again, very excited to bring John onto the team. Use promo code GillyGilly at TSUS.store for 10% off your entire purchase, guys. Also, Gilly Gilly merchandise will be dropping within the next couple of days. Make sure you stay tuned for that. And also on that note, on the merchandise side of things, tons of new pieces of merch directly to rate related to the Yardcocks and Gamecocks. Baseball will be hitting TSUS.store. So again, folks, it feels good to be good, and it feels good to know that Gamecocks baseball is just around the corner yet again. And folks, on that note, that's where we're going to start. We're going to switch things up and talk South Carolina baseball as, again, we begin our 2022 position unit preview series, the Yardcocks. Yes, baseball content is back, and we'll be doing these every Tuesday and Thursday leading up to opening day on February the 18th. And, of course, today, guys, we are starting – with the Gamecocks starting pitchers, arguably the most important position on the field, the man who handles the baseball each and every single pitch. So let's dive into it. The Gamecocks starting pitchers, guys, when you look at this group, a group that lost a lot, and really the entire pitching staff lost a ton as you had seven pitchers taken in the MLB draft last summer, if you will. The key losses, of course, you lose your entire starting rotation of Thomas Farr, Brandon Jordan, and Brett Carey. And guys, I would say this, and of course, Brett Carey starting in the bullpen last year and got moved into that starter role. I thought your starting rotation was very solid for you. Of course, Thomas Farr guy on Friday nights who was able to bump it up 96 to 97 miles an hour. We're all familiar with what Brandon Jordan did, being really the, the bulldog that he was. And how many games did he face, by the way, in game twos? where, you know, he had to find a way to even the series for South Carolina and get you back to even what a job he did. Of course, Brett Carey, it goes without saying just how good he was for you a season ago. Guys, your key returners, you got some big pieces back here, including what's expected to be your number one and number two starters in Will Sanders and Julian Bosnick. Of course, Sanders having that fantastic season last year as a true freshman. And Julian Bosnick doing what he did most of the time as a reliever, but was fantastic all throughout the year. You also return notables such as Josiah Seitler, C.J. Wines, Brett Thomas. But again, you think to yourself, and the big question with this group is, 
Who is going to be the Sunday guy? Who's going to take over on Tuesday? I think you've got some new additions that are going to be options here as well. You look at right-handed pitcher Noah Hall, the transfer from Appalachian State. You look at James Hicks, the junior college player from Crowder College. And then you go to your southpaws, you look at a lefty, Michael Esposito from Chipola Junior College. He's a guy I think that's going to be a candidate for you as well. Again, you've got a lot of options. The question is, who is going to step up for you in those roles guys let's move into most to prove which of the starters has the most to prove and certainly you could side with a guy like will sanders who again was a true freshman last year and you know you, you think about going from being a guy who you know pitched a lot of innings for you but going from just being a guy and being a freshman to being the dude because we all assume he's gonna be your friday night starter but for me the guy who you know you look at last year and was very good for you, but when it came to being a starter, there were some questions about his effectiveness. Of course, I'm talking about left-handed pitcher Julian Bosnick, and a lot's going to be expected of him. You look at his numbers from last year, four and two overall, 50 and two-thirds innings pitched, 2.84 ERA, and 78 strikeouts. Guys, that's really what stands out as the strikeout number. And I tell you what, from the left side, a guy that can bump it up 94, 95 miles an hour can even bump it up 96, 97 if he really wants to hump up. But I think he's going to sit 93 to 94, if you will, with a lot of run on the fastball, big time curveball, plus change up, very effective. But the question for Julian Bosnick, can he flourish as a full-time starter? Because you might remember last year, was unhittable in non-conference, was unhittable at the beginning of the season. Then you face Texas, you got an SEC play, he started to get hit around a little bit. So the question is this, can he go a full season as a starter? And certainly he's being conditioned all throughout fall and now the spring to be a starter for you because, again, we're all expecting him to be your Saturday guy. But my question is, is this and why I list him as my most to prove is can he do it as a full-time starter. Again, guys, the stuff is there. The moxie is there. I mean, this dude can locate both sides of the plate. He can go up and down. Again, the stuff is big time. There's no question. A dude that turned down the MLB draft to come back to school, which I think was a wise decision, but a guy that certainly had every opportunity to leave early and go play pro ball. I think it's going to be a fantastic decision for him because, again, guys, I think he was drafted, what, like 15th round last year. Julian Bosnick is a top 10 round pick. There's no question in my mind. Again, the velocity from the left side is fantastic. The run, the movement, every pitch he throws has movement on it. But again, can he flourish as a full-time starter? We know he can do it out of the bullpen, can he do it in the Gamecocks starting rotation? Best overall, when it comes to your starters, it's no secret here, guys. And again, I know he was just a true freshman last year. And are there maybe some questions in regards to moving into the spotlight, moving into a big-time role? Because as we talked last year, when Thomas Farr took over this role, you know, it's different. It's different pitching on Friday nights in the SEC. It's different pitching in game ones and the pressure's on you. And, you know, you're going up against a big-time ace on the other side as well. But to me, guys, Will Sanders is that dude. Six and three a year ago in 53 and a third innings pitched, 3.54 ERA and 54 strikeouts. Guys, you might recall all last baseball season, I said over and over, you know, you watched a guy like Will Sanders pitch. You watched Will pitch. And I said to myself, this is your next Friday night guy. I mean, this is your next big time Friday night dude. He's got the build. I think the velocity is going to be even better this year. And we're talking about a guy that effortlessly is sitting 94, 
to 95. You know, Mark Kingston made the comment when he first got on campus, he thinks Will Sanders get 100. And I see why. I see why he would say that because he's got this huge frame. He was lanky last year. You think of what another what another uh, year, you know, a summer in the weight room is going to do for him. Obviously, he pitched for Team USA and pitched phenomenally. I think Will Sanders is primed for an absolute huge year for South Carolina. I think he's one of the best best starters in the SEC, not just the SEC, but the entire country as well. Again, I think he's going to be fantastic for the Gamecocks. And I tell you what, after a really impressive freshman year, where I think he really put a lot of people on notice. I, I think the sky's limit for this kid, man. I, I think the overall ceiling for him, the upside's incredible. I could see Will Sanders coming out of South Carolina as a junior as literally a top two or three round pick. He's got that type of potential guys again. And we're talking about a dude, Will Sanders, that last year I thought really just pitched to contact, didn't try to do anything crazy. Look for Will to go for more strikeouts here and there. I think there's going to be opportunities for him to get more strikeouts, that strikeout number to go up. But again, I was impressed with so many different things last year from, you know, just the, the composure. I mean, we're talking about a kid that went on the road to Athens in a game three in a rubber match and pitched against a Georgia team that he was very familiar with because He's a Georgia kid from the state of Georgia, and all he did was absolutely shove for you and get the win for the Gamecocks. Again, his poise, his moxie, I mean, obviously his stuff just jumps off the page at you. So, again, when I look at the Gamecocks starting rotation, when I look at the Gamecocks starters, it's no secret, I think, hands down, your best overall is the big, lanky right-hander from the state of Georgia, Will Sanders, and I cannot wait to watch him toe the rubber each and every single game one for South Carolina this season. Guys, that takes us in a season will be successful if. What will spell a successful season for the Gamecocks starting rotation? And I just talked about him, and I think it's very simple. The season will be successful if Will Sanders establishes himself as a legitimate ace. And here's why this is such a big deal. Because I talked after last baseball season, you know, what did South Carolina need to do to improve? What immediate things did they need to address to improve? And it was with all due respect to Thomas Farr, because you might recall last season, the guy got absolutely no run support. South Carolina could not hit behind him. And that was the reason you went two and eight in SEC game ones a season ago. But guys, here's the thing. In game ones in this conference, you're facing off against the best of the best. You're not just facing off against some guy. You're facing off against the dude, the guy. We're talking about big league caliber arms, and sometimes your guy has just got to be better than their guy. you got to outduel a guy on a Friday night or in a game one, if you will. Will Sanders has got to establish himself as that legitimate ace because, again, guys, I mean, it's a miracle that South Carolina navigated themselves to a 16 and 14 SEC record. When you think about the fact they went two and eight in game ones in SEC play. Again, we talked earlier, but the way Brandon Jordan and Brett Carey and Julian Bosnick were able to navigate in games two and three was truly something special. But again, Will Sanders being able to go out there each time on a Friday night, you know, my biggest criticism of Thomas Farr, you know, I thought at times, I don't know if it was because of the pressure or he was too hype or what it was, but missing the strike zone. And it's all about setting the tone, not just for game one, but setting the tone for the weekend as well. You got to have Will Sanders do that. If he can do that, if he can be that dude, 
that record should improve. That record will improve from two and eight to you'd like to be at least at 500. So again, Will Sanders is going to give you a chance to win each and every single time he takes the baseball. And again, if he can establish himself as a legitimate ace, that will spell success in regards to fixing and improving that SEC record in game ones. You do that, it's going to be much, much easier to navigate to, at minimum, what you were last year, which was 16 and 14 in the SEC, guys. And I told you guys this not to spoil my predictions or anything like that, but you go over 500 in this league, you had a really, really, really good year, in my opinion, because we all understand the level of play in the SEC, just how tough it is to win in the SEC. So again, Will Sanders, season will be successful if Will Sanders can establish himself as a legitimate ace, because in turn, what that will do is improve that record in game ones in SEC play, which of course will spell even more success for South kind of baseball as they navigate through another tough conference slate. Guys, finally, my overall grade for the Gamecocks starting pitchers heading into 2022 baseball season. And I locked them in at a B plus, and I'll tell you why. I love your one-two punch. I, I think Will Sanders, Julian Bosnick, one of the better one-two punches in the SEC. And those two guys alone are going to give you an opportunity to win a series each and every single week. And now beyond that, it gets a little dicey, right? Is it going to be a C.J. Wines? Is it going to be a Brett Thomas? Does Josiah Seitler take that role? Or I tend to think it's going to be one of these new guys. I think it's going to be the lefty Michael Esposito or either the righty from Appalachian State, Noah Hall, or even James Hicks, who's a guy they are really, really high on. Even with that being said, because I know a lot of fans say, oh, you don't have a number three. You know, that, that's something that fans really worry about. Guys, I'm here to tell you this. Most SEC teams or a lot of SEC teams, it's very common that you come into a season with that Sunday role or that game three role, if you will, sort of just up for grabs. I mean, you look at Vanderbilt last year. Their Sunday guy wasn't very good. I mean, it's typical rule of thumb that, you know, the Friday night guys, they're both going to shove. You got to win a one nothing or 2-1 type of game. You go into Saturday. I mean, the Saturday guys are still phenomenal, by the way. But, you know, it starts to loosen up a bit. You can win a game 5-4, to four, you know, six to three, what have you. And then Sunday, a lot of times is where you really see the hitters take advantage. The, you know, the, the overall quality of pitching isn't quite as good as what they've seen on Friday and Saturday. And they're able to take advantage there and swing the bats a little bit better. So I don't necessarily worry in that regard. And you got plenty of options. You got plenty of quality options, by the way. I grade this group a B plus, but I'll tell you this. I think the ceiling is extremely high. And again, that's really because of Will Sanders and Julian Bosnick. These dudes were electric last year. I mean, absolutely electric. And again, I think they can be one of the best, if not the best, one-two punch in the entire conference. And again, if you can get your Sunday roll, if you can really get your Sunday roll figured out, and if nothing else, have a consistent guy in that spot where you're able to roll out you know, for the most part, the same guy weekend after weekend after weekend, it's going to do absolute wonders for your starting rotation. And of course, guys, you look at Tuesday, right? Who's going to be your midweek starter? And I will say what really hurts you in that regard is you look at guys like Jackson Phipps and Jack Mahoney, who are both coming off of Tommy John, and they're not going to pitch this season. And man, Jack Mahoney, I mean, you could argue he was the best Tuesday starter in the entire SEC. And we're talking about a guy who was a freshman last year, though so it's sitting 95 miles per hour. Um, which is probably why he had Tommy John. But either way, 
you know, I think your starters, I think your midweek starters, out of guys like Seitler, Wines, Brett Thomas, John Gilreath, there are plenty others that are returners that have experience starting that I think could certainly get the job done for you in the midweek. You've got plenty of quality arms and plenty of quality options there. But, uh, no, I, I feel really good about your starting rotation. Again, that Sunday roll, that'll be the biggest question. Who is the Sunday guy? Guys, I tell you right now, I don't know who the Sunday guy is. I don't know. You know, I'll wait until the week opening day to drop my projected, you know, rotation and, and lineups and all that. Right now, I don't know if anybody knows who that Sunday guy is. Again, over the next few weeks, that's when you win roles, you win spots, you win jobs, and somebody's going to take that role early in the season, and we'll see if they can, if they can hold on to it, if you will. But uh, overall, again, the overall grade, a B plus. I think this is a very high-quality starting rotation. The one-two combo of Will Sanders and Julian Bosnick is one of the best in the SEC. I think Will Sanders is primed for a huge year. And if Julian Bosnick can show that he's comfortable being a starter weekend after weekend after weekend, I mean, guys, again, we remember last year, he was basically unhittable out of the bullpen. So I feel really, really good about those first two guys. You're going to have a chance to win every single series you partake in. Um, I think the sky is the limit, especially for those first two guys. And again, I think the ceiling is very high for the Gamecock starting rotation. So again, guys, lock me in for an overall grade of B plus for the Yardcocks starting pitcher. So again, guys, that's the starting pitchers. We'll talk relievers on Thursday. And as I told you all, baseball content is back as we continue to count down the days to first pitch on February the 18th. And by the way, guys, in the comments, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Gamecock starting rotation. Your most approved, your best overall season will be successful. If overall grade, you agree with me, disagree, would love to hear your thoughts. All right, guys, let's move on to the hardwood. As I told you before, it is game day. Gamecocks traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas, Bud Walton Arena to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks and an SEC network tip off at seven o'clock. Eastern Carolina looking to snap an ugly two-game losing streak and get back to winning ways. You look, Arkansas actually leads the history in, in the series 21 to 15 in the last meeting, of course, last year. Arkansas won the game decidedly by a final score of 101 to 73. Arkansas right now sitting at 12 and 5 overall, 2 and 3 in the SEC. And they've been a big disappointment. But unfortunately for South Carolina, it looks like they have started to figure things out after losing their first three SEC games, by the way. They lost at Mississippi State lost to Vanderbilt at home, and then at Texas A&M. They have won their last two, beating Missouri 87-43. And then at LSU, the 12th-ranked LSU Tigers, they went to Baton Rouge and won that game 65-58. to So, again, it looks like Arkansas might be starting to figuring things out and turning the corner under their head coach, Eric Musselman, and you look at Arkansas as a team averaging 79.6 points per game, and they're holding their opponents to just 69.4 points per game. Guys, let's move to the top storylines, and the first one is this, life on the road in the SEC. Here we go again, the Gamecocks, after last week, looking absolutely pathetic at Tennessee and Knoxville. You know, this team, for whatever reason, outside of your win at Vandy, has just simply put, not been good on the road. Um You've got that one true road win, but you think back, you know, you lost to Clemson. You lost an ugly fashion at Coastal. Does that trend continue? Again, it's always hard to win on the road. Arkansas is not the easiest place to play in the world. You've got to be even better on the road than you do at home. And the Gamecocks have struggled no matter where they've been playing of late. 
Does that trend change? Again, the Gamecocks have lost two in a row. Arkansas has won two in a row. Can South Carolina snap that? Guys, another big storyline for me is Chico Carter Jr. And again, I, I know some people scoff because after you lose to Florida at home on Saturday, you know, we listed him as our Shooter Shoot Award winner. And, you know, people saying, how do you pick a guy? Or how do you pick anybody to win that award when he only had 12 points? But what people didn't think about, Chico Carter Jr. had 12 points in 15 minutes. And listen, I like Jermaine Cousnard. I like Jacoby Wright, but Chico Carter Jr. in my mind has got to start seeing more minutes, especially if it's for Jermaine Kuznar, because Kuznar's not, he's just not himself right now. He's not himself. I don't know if he's still nursing the injury or he's lacking confidence or what's going on, but Chico Carter Jr. in my mind has got to get more playing time. Is this the game that he finally gets more Looks, guys, another big storyline again. I just talked about it, but is Arkansas beginning to turn a corner? And why does it feel like it's just the worst timing for South Carolina that you play Arkansas? You know, they got off to an 0 and 3 start in SEC play, and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, Eric Musselman is running to a snag. Is he going to be there much longer? They've won their last two. They just beat a top 15 team. You feel like, uh oh, here comes Arkansas yet again. Again, you look at their upcoming schedule. They've got the Gamecocks tonight, Texas AM at home at Ole Miss, then they're in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, then at Georgia's. they got some winnable games upcoming. they got a chance to put a run together, but they're going to need this one tonight. Is Arkansas beginning to turn a corner and play much better basketball? We will find out tonight at Bud Walton Arena. Guys, another big storyline for me, and again, I don't know what it is. What, what is wrong with Keyshawn Bryant? I, I just – I don't understand how Keyshawn Bryant can be playing at the level – that he is playing at. I feel like this is a dude that is way too good to be struggling the way he is. And I guess sort of his play is a microcosm of the entire team where it's just disappointing and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I want to see more from Keyshawn Bryant, man. Uh, In in, in a situation right now where, again, you're one and three in SEC play, this thing has got the potential of of really spinning out of control. You got to have somebody step up. And Keyshawn Bryant is not some young player anymore. He is a leader for you. Keyshawn Bryant's a leader. He's got to find a way to play better basketball. So, again, can Keyshawn Bryant get it figured out in a tough game on the road? And, guys, my final storyline is this. And, again, save the best for last, right? But, of course, we all know my thoughts on – the future of Gamecocks basketball. And, of course, I went in detail on that yesterday. The added pressure, it can go one of two ways, right? You know, there's some people in life that they need a kick in the rear end. They need that pressure. They need their backs against the wall to get the most out of them. And, you know, they can say whatever, you know, to to the media about, you know, they're they're not listening to the noise and, and what have you, but they are, and they do, and they see it, and they hear it. Does added pressure, maybe in some weird, twisted way, does it help Frank Martin and this South on a basketball team? Because, again, guys, there's no point. There's no reason to me to harp, you know, show after show after show or day after day after day about Frank Martin and his status. I think we all get it at this point. And the only thing, the only thing that's going to change things, that's going to solve things, is winning, bottom line. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're not winning games and if you don't start winning games, you're going to have a very hard time, basically an impossible time, getting this fan base back on your side. So, again, does maybe in some weird way, you know, going on the road, feeling like road warriors, it's us against the world, does that added pressure somehow help Frank Martin? 
and Gamecocks basketball. Now, guys, Arkansas, although they had that slow start in SEC play, a very talented team. You look at the Razorback player to watch for, you got to start with guard J.D. Note, 18.8 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game. Their leading scorer and a fantastic player. Uh, you also look on the outside guard, Aldis Tony, And the big thing that stands out, a six-foot-six Guard that is huge for a guard in the SEC 10.7 points per game and 5.3 rebounds per game. And then finally, the Ford Jalen Williams get this 7.6 points per game, but 8.8 rebounds per game. He's absolutely tearing it up down low. So, again, this is an Arkansas team, they may have gotten off to a slow start, but extremely talented. There's no question. Uh, guys, let's talk keys to the game. What must South gonna do to go on the road? And what will be most likely pull the upset? Because, again, at the time I'm recording this, the line for the game, Gamecocks game at Arkansas is not out. I'd have to imagine, though, the Razorbacks will be the favorite. And the first thing is this, guys. Again, too often we've seen this team get stagnant, get stale in regards to the offensive attack. Ball movement. Get the ball moving around. Be smart with the basketball, of course, but get the ball moving around. Get your shooters some open looks. Again, you're probably going to have to rely on the three ball yet again move the basketball, make sure tons of guys touch it and get your shooters good looks. Give them a chance to get hot and get going in this game. My second key to the game, with that being said, and I know I say shooter shoot and all that good stuff, but South Carolina has not shown the ability of late to win a game in a shootout. And so I think what you've got to do if you're South Carolina, you got to slow the game down. you got to muddy the game up. you got to sloppy the game up, if you will. Slow the game down. Play that Frank Martin brand of defense, if you will, and find a way to grind out another victory. And then my final key to the game, guys, is this. With all the noise and all the pressure and all the turmoil, and just get back to the basics, man. It's still basketball. It's just a game. Get back to the basics. Figure it out in that aspect. So, again, guys, my three keys to the game, ball movement. Slow the game down and get back to the basics, which leads me into – my prediction. Guys, I I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I don't have a lot of hope for this season, for the rest of this season. You know, that's not to say that I'm going to pick South Carolina to lose every single game, that the Gamecocks won't win another game. That's not true because, again, there are still individual pieces on this team that I really like, and I think this team is going to have nights where they get hot, and it's going to click, and, you know, they're going to get hot from outside, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, again, we've already seen that, right? We've seen that multiple times. But after losing two straight, and Arkansas has won two straight, and it looks like they're figuring things out, and they return home, there's just no reason to think that South kind of all of a sudden is going to regroup, go into Fayetteville, go into Bud Walton Arena, and play its best basketball and pull the upset. I think Arkansas gets the dub, and not only do they get the dub, I think they get the double-digit win in this one. Give me Razorbacks 84, Gamecocks 71. Again, I just do not think South Carolina offensively will be able to keep up. I think South Carolina has to win, and they've shown at this point they're going to have to win lower-scoring games, like 65 to 60, you know, those typical type of Frank Martin type of games. I, and I just don't think the Gamecocks have shown you the South kind of does a lot of things that bad basketball teams do. And I know Arkansas's SEC record isn't great right now. It's two and three. They had a horrific start in SEC play, but they're a quality basketball team. They've got good players. There's a reason they had high preseason expectations. And unfortunately for the Gamecocks, I think they're starting to get some things rolling. And, uh, you know, 
Arkansas is playing with house money, you know, at home. They've won two in a row. All of the pressure is on Frank Martin and on South Carolina. And again, as the, as the losses continue to mount up for the Gamecocks, it's going to become more and more and more evident that change is needed. So again, lock me in my final score. I've got Arkansas getting the dub 84 to 71 over South Carolina and effectively dropping the Gamecocks to one and four in SEC play. So again, guys, hey, that's going to do it all for me. What a show. I want to hear from you, though, again, going back to the positioning at Preview Series of Baseball, your thoughts on the starting pitchers for the Yardcocks in this 2022 season, most approved, best overall, overall grade, where you agree with me, where you disagree. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. And also, your thoughts on the basketball game tonight. How do you think the Gamecocks will fare? What is your prediction as South kind of goes to Fayetteville, Arkansas? Again, leave those thoughts in the comments would love to hear from you all. But again, folks, hey, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you so much for the continued love and support, whether it be from the podcast, the Daily Crow, all the content, the merch, everything we do. Again, folks, it means the world. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for continuing to rock with us. But again, guys, hey, I'm out of here. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Go Cox, beat Arkansas, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. 